I would qualify that like with chicken breast recipes that you're going to benefit from this cooling and reheating is something like a butter chicken, like a curry where there's fat already in the sauce since it's not as much in the meat versus like chicken noodle soup if you're going all breasts and there's not a lot of fat to carry that broth into the breast, you're not going to have the same benefits. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Y'all, we have a listener request. Catherine Smith reached out to us on Instagram saying that she loves our show. Thank you, Catherine. Oh, she even thanked us for making it. That's so nice. An episode request, make ahead dinners. Well, Catherine, you know what? You really threw us for a loop on this one because when we first read your request, we were like, what, are we five years in? We again? surely have this already. <laughs> like you just we're missed like, it. There's just no way. Of course, in all these years, we've done make-ahead dinners. It's we just have make-ahead like- breakfasts, <laughs> make-ahead lunches. It's so crazy. Baking ahead. <laughs> it's actually wild that we've never done this. So Catherine, thank you not just for loving us, but for making us better too. This one is for you. (laughs) Proof that flattery, telling us you love the show, will get you everywhere with us. Okay, so we're going to talk about make ahead dinners, and I know you love the rules. (laughs) The rules, rules, rules. I feel shamed a little bit here, but okay. Listen, you know what I love about this episode? It's the middle of October. We're like in it, right? It's busy. It's a busy time coming up in November and December with holidays right around the corner. So I love the idea of make ahead dinners. I want to know before I make any rules, okay. let's lay some <laughs> groundwork, what you think make ahead means, Stacy. Hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> you know that I'm going to say one thing and then break what I say later. That's in okay. The episode. I just it, I just want an understanding. Okay, so I think for me, make ahead means something that I'm not even going to define it by how cooked it is. Is it par cooked? Is it fully cooked? But something that's cooked to a point where when it comes to dinner time, I can pull it out of the fridge or freezer and do a heating step. Maybe the heating step is finishing cooking. Maybe it's just warming it up. But there's just one heating step and then serve. Like I'm not chopping. If I'm feeling fancy, maybe I'm doing a finishing thing. I can't even think of what that might be. But like toasting breadcrumbs to finish it off. Melting cheese on top, not even. Because I think with a casserole that you make ahead, you would have melted the cheese on top already. So I don't know, like maybe there's a finishing step. But I'm really, I'm definitely not chopping. I'm not assembling. I'm just heating. Okay. What about you? I think this is one of those times where we're alive. Okay. I my fra- like the framework I came at this episode for thinking is a little bit different. Like I think there's things that you can like fully cook yeah. and that actually are better with a couple days in the totally. fridge. I think there are things that you can assemble and then cook off. I think there's also stuff that you can intentionally freeze and some of these Things fall into all these categories. Maybe it's me. Maybe I. Maybe I'm the problem that I always want there to be like. You categories. do. You really do like your category. <laughs> you love our categories. But I agree. That's why I was saying that. Like, it's really make ahead is less about how far I'm cooking it, 
it's like there's just one heating step at the end because I think all of your categories, I have ideas in all of them. Yeah. And then there is like just your heating tortillas to put whatever it is in or you are making a topping for it and it's really easy. Okay. I think this is going to be a really good one. But before we get into it, we'd love to invite you to our Deny Just Feed You listeners community. Free members get direct access to us. We're so charming and so funny (laughs) and you love us. But also we have tons of great advice, which our hive mind of busy home cooks also does. Plus, you get access to our recipe archive, shopping guides, and helpful checklists. So Megan just told you about our free space. We welcome everybody there. If you feel like you can afford it or you feel like otherwise financially supporting our free public episodes, I guess it's not otherwise financially supporting. If you have another reason why you would financially support us, you can also go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community and find out about our supporting community options. We have a couple, but basically you can also get an ad-free stream of this, of all of our main episodes. You can get two bonus episodes every month. You can get access to a live Q&A. We do these office hours every month. So there's a lot of good stuff that we try to give you in return for your financial support, which helps make the show possible. So again, for all of the options, free or paid, go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Okay. Reasons to make ahead dinners. I think, and this is like the inspiration for some of my categories, Billis, that I do the (laughs) most make ahead dinners in like super busy seasons and also big transitions. So thinking of like babies, of moves, renovations. We recently had someone in our community who had surgery and was doing a bunch of make ahead dinners. I think there's also this promise that if you make vi- make ahead dinners, you won't get as much takeout or drive through. And so you'll save a little bit of money and maybe like eat alignment with your goals and values. And then you can also avoid cooking burnout by doing like a prep ahead session and then later pulling something that you've made from the freezer on a night when you really just don't have the, the energy to cook. Totally. I mean, that's always my biggest reason. Although, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm not, I'm not really doing much make ahead cooking completely. Are you like on a regular cadence? I think as we get, like, as we've gotten into October, I'm doing it a lot more than I was in like the summer, maybe once a week, I'm doing something that I've like either done intentional leftovers. Like I'm just going to make a big batch of something so then we can eat it in a second way later in the week. I do that a lot. I'm not going to count that kind of stuff right? in this episode, yes. right? Because that's like a little bit more, you're doing a little bit more assembling, you're repurposing, but I do do a lot of that sort of cook once, eat twice where I'm meal prepping, but like fully make ahead meals. Yeah. I'm probably doing it in that way once a month. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Great. Like, and- Again, I I know we don't we don't want to muddy the waters of like make ahead and intentional leftovers, but it's also like uh, if I'm making like big ziti for my family, which kind of like requires some there's multiple components, multiple cooking steps. It's often worthwhile to just like double it and put one in the freezer. Totally. I'm thinking ahead 
to November and December where it's just going to be really busy. Yes. I think this is one where we should just really like, we have so many recipe ideas. Yes. Like we should go through them all. But did you want to lay some more groundwork before we start that? Well, I just was going to make a little joke <laughs> and then go into one of my categories. <laughs> I love your categories. It really does help us organize. And I think that our listeners love your categories too. Hey guys, give us a shout out on social media <laughs> or email us and tell us if you feel oh, about the embarrassment. Get no, out of here. Okay. Good. I think it's helpful. It's just that you and I tend to have so many ideas that in the beginning of these kinds of episodes, we're really like neat and clean and we're like, yes, category. And then at the end, we're like, wait, we have more ideas. And we're just like, Listen, I out. never get I never get mad if we go off category. I truly don't. I know. I just sometimes think it helps like it's remember back in the old day we used to have like true segments yeah. like we did a what we're yeah, digging totally. and then we at the end of the show we're like try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not laughing at us. I kind of miss that. I think categories are what like I, they help, they help give order to the show. And I think there's something that I like about that as the person who like creates the scripts and like, I feel responsible for always like keeping us on time and moving you us do. along, <laughs> even though we've never really like divided that labor specifically. Um, do you like the game categories? I love when we pay, play Kiss, Mary Kill. I love lightning rounds. But have you played the game categories where you put... Oh, the yeah, game like categories. The, we yes, talk about it yes. in our game. Actually, that's such a great episode, you guys. I'm going to go on a tiny side quest and just say that like, as the weather gets cooler and we're spending more time inside and we're looking for ideas for like movie nights and things to do at home with the kids because maybe it's rainy or bad weather or snowy coming up. That is such a great episode. It's all about like having a game night at home. Anyway. Okay. Here, here. Let me do Let me just do it. It's going to be so Yeah, good. do it. Ready? Do your category. Because we talk about like saving money. We it. talk about helping yourself through a busy time. But, but ultimately, one of the tenets of Didn't I Just Feed You is like, we want all your food to taste better. We want you to enjoy it. And there is a category of like make ahead things that actually taste better when you make them fully ahead and then reheat them. Love it. So I think of one big part of this category. It's not the only thing in this category, but tomato-based things, mm -hmm. right? So tomato sauces, although, you know, you can make a tomato sauce. Is it really make ahead? No, because then you still have to cook the pasta the day of. Anyway, chilies, <laughs> uh, curries that have tomato or tomato paste in them, soups, anything like that. Oh, you could do like, meatballs in a marinara sauce. That can be a yes. make-ahead meal because you can just serve that with crusty bread. It doesn't have to be with pasta that you cook the day of. What else falls into this list for you? Pot roast. Mm, yeah. I think pot roast is always better the next day. And you have the added benefit of like if you cool it in the like cooking liquid, you can peel off some of the fat and use that for like other applications like sauteing veggies or whatever. And for all of these things that we're talking about that include meat, there is actually like some science behind cooking it and then cooling it completely in the cooking liquid and then reheating it. There's yes. some absorption that happens. There's a tension and a relaxation of proteins, especially in braises, that allows them to, like, allows the meat proteins to take on more flavor. And then things taste more tender if they've been relaxed and reheated, too. Yes. And that 
and keeping that fat, it's like doing confit, right? You have that solid fat that keeps it sealed in and moist, and then you reheat it. So good. I just had a thought about Mississippi pot roast. Uh, Any thoughts you have about Mississippi pot roast are perfect. (laughs) Um, I haven't made it in a while. That would be a good make-ahead meal, right? It would be so good make-ahead, and you can do it in the slow cooker, which is really nice. It's something that you could throw together raw and freeze and then put in the slow cooker. It also freezes beautifully cooked. And I'm just like so delighted you mentioned it because I'm currently eating up from the freezer Mississippi pot roast nice. that we have leftovers of. Nice. And it's been so good in quesadillas and on sandwiches. So pot roast, carnitas, chicken's a little different. Yeah, how so? Uh It just doesn't, I mean, it is good. You can make it ahead fully, but I don't think you get that same effect from like letting chicken sit in the fridge. Like what you were talking about where, you know, something that sits in this fridge for a few days gets better with time. Chicken breast in particular is not going to benefit from that the same way that chicken thighs might or that pork or beef might. But you can certainly let it sit. I mean, it works. It's good. It's not going to be bad. The science is the same. I feel like we need like a little, I wish there was an asterisk we could add to a podcast where we could be like, but Stacey hates chicken breast. Like there's not, not that you hate it. It's your least favorite of the chicken protein. It does. But is it true that it's just the protein? I thought it was also a fat content was a piece of it too. Yeah. So I get what you're and saying. And chicken breast like Specifically calling fat. out breasts yes. not having, I mean, chicken breast does have some fat. It does it's have some fat, fat, but it's free, but it's significantly less than chicken thighs. I would qualify that like the places where you're going like with chicken breast recipes that you're going to benefit from this cooling and reheating is something like a butter chicken, like a curry where there's fat already in the sauce since it's not as much in the meat versus like chicken noodle soup if you're going all breasts and there's not a lot of fat to carry that broth into the breast, you're not going to have the same benefits. Yeah. I want us to look at, we're not going to go now, but even the butter chicken thing, when the fat isn't in the meat itself, you know how that chicken can become fall apart tender, chicken breast, but you know how it's almost like chalky, like it falls apart without any kind of pull to it. Do you know what that phenomenon that I'm describing. I do. Where you like put your fork in it and it just like splinters. <laughs> it's like, like almost dry or like wood. Inside. Right. Yeah. Exactly. As opposed to fall apart pork. That's because of the fat content in the meat itself. So yes. it's just my opinion that I don't think chicken benefits from that quite as much. So I would stick with a fattier meat personally. Okay. Um, ground meat too, though has some nice fat in it and also is like a different texture altogether. So chili, both made with beef or chicken, is going to be good for sitting because you're also going to get flavor melding that happens. Yes. I I said, like, I kind of hate it on chicken noodle soup, but I do th- sometimes think that soups can be better made ahead. Uh, just as an option, not like that you have to, but like I think of like a white chicken chili or a chicken tortilla soup where there's like some creaminess to it. Again, you're getting sort of like that flavor melt. In the South, we have Brunswick stew, which is like almost chili adjacent. And it's like a way you can use up your Mississippi pot roast, your regular pot roast or your carnitas. And that really does benefit in that flavor like you're you're using already cooked meat 
to make Brunswick stew. So you're not getting that same scientific cooling and reheating thing, but it's just a flavor melding that happens in the fridge. So good. Is there anything else that falls in this category that we can rattle off? Not that I can think of. Let's move on to just everything else. Okay. Everything else? Or do you have any more categories? I mean... No, because sometimes, okay, casseroles, casseroles you can make on a Sunday and put in your fridge and then just cook them off. But they're also a great thing to like put in your freezer too. So to break those out into like separate how you, how and when you prep them seems silly. Okay. So the obvious ones are ziti, lasagna, but really any variation on baked pasta is going to be great. Like you're totally making it ahead. You're cooling it. You're covering it. You're putting it in the freezer or the fridge if it's just going to be like, you know, a few days, like up to three days or so. Um, and then all you're going to do is pull it out either from the freezer or the fridge and reheat it and dinner is done. Yes. I love it. Maybe you throw together a bag salad and that's the most totally you do. Or, or microwave some broccoli or green beans. Okay. Another casserole I love is like a chicken and rice casserole. Whether you go like broccoli cheddar or you do more like Latin flavors or Caribbean flavors, I just think the the like chicken plus rice plus lots of flavor makes a really great casserole that, again, you can make ahead or freezes really well. Yeah, totally. Shepherd's pie, any kind of cottage pie. Are cottage pie and shepherd's pie the same thing and just two different things? That's names? a really good question. Yeah. I feel like they're I think of them siblings. as the same I'll just say that basically you're making a ground meat filling. It can be beef. It can be lamb. It can be really whatever you want. And then you're adding the vegetables. Again, it's usually a tomato-based sauce. But, you know, I don't know. Riff, go crazy. Whatever you want to do. And then mashed potatoes on top. And you can mash them completely or you can just boil like potatoes and just mash them partially. But what you want to do is kind of seal the top. It's like doing a top crust. Bake it, freeze it, thaw it, rebake it, and you're good to go. Here's the difference. Shepherd's pie is always mashed potatoes. Cottage pie can be sliced potatoes or mashed potatoes. So got it. Again, you weren't that far off. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Did you just finish talking about shepherd's pie? I did. While you were Googling. Okay, you didn't move on to pot pies. I did not. Okay, great. Because I feel like you're a pot pie girl. (laughs) I do. Because it's pie dough. Like, I make shepherd's pie a lot. I never, ever make pot pie. Oh, my God. You know what it is? Marie Callender's pot pies were one of the, like, from the freezer section, were one of those things of my childhood that felt very luxurious. Yeah. <laughs> like, my mom didn't buy them a lot. And then they, like, they honestly take so long in the oven to not be frozen in the middle. And then you have to wait because they're so freaking hot. But, like, man, a Marie Callender's chicken pot pie. I've never had one. Should I go buy one? No, I mean, yes. Yes, you should. (laughs) Will you be disappointed? Probably. But maybe we could do it together the next time we're together. Okay. Okay. So when I put pot pies on the list, I wasn't thinking like a double crusted pot pie, but more like a shepherd's pie or a sort of like creamy casserole where you put pie dough on the top, which actually we don't do that much because what I prefer is to do biscuit dough on top and oh, do like a chicken I was biscuit say puff pastry, pastry too. Puff pastry is really great as well. I yeah. wouldn't. I would eat any of those things. 
Okay, so tell us. You bake it completely? You put the biscuit no. dough on top or the pie dough? No, no. You just top it. You freeze it. You do cook the filling, though, right? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I might start from already cooked chicken or a rotisserie chicken and make the sort of, like, gravy oh, and yeah. veggie base. Put that in my baking dish. If it's pie dough or puff pastry, I might go ahead and, like, lay it on top whether I'm going to freeze it or refrigerate it. For the biscuits, I would rather like make the biscuits when I'm prepping and stick them in the freezer and put them on just before baking for if I'm going to bake it the same week kind of thing Yeah. versus freezing it. Biscuit dough doesn't do as well just hanging out in the fridge as pie dough or puff pastry does. Got it. A ta- what about like a taco casserole? Not truly like seven layer dip, but like. You cook the ground beef, you do cheese, maybe there's black beans and corn, maybe there's fresh tomato in there, cheese on top. Enchiladas were on my list. It's basically like deconstructed or you can do like layered enchiladas. It's the same, very similar, right? We do it like once a year, maybe I'll make something like this and then serve it with tortilla chips. But I also have enchiladas on my list. I think they're a great make-ahead meal. Oh, Awesome, right? So you cook the filling, you dip the tortilla in the sauce, you roll the filling up, you cover it with cheese, shredded cheese, and that's it. And then we cover it all up and then bake it from the freezer or the fridge. Yes. So good. I okay. want enchiladas right now. Okay. <laughs> um, I've actually never made this, but I was thinking about like mega head dinners and like having new babies. Poppy seed chicken is a very popular covered dish you bring somewhere you take someone who's had a new baby it's a chicken casserole i I don't even remember i've never heard it um oh now we have to look it up i'm looking it up is it like a why haven't i heard of it is it like um southern Southern. midwestern okay okay it might be midwestern i think of it as being southern but it's like chicken cream like cooked chicken cream cheese and then it gets like a Ritz cracker and poppy seed topping and it's a casserole so you bake it in a casserole dish and some people put rice in the bottom oh there's condensed soup and sour cream in it this feeling very midwest right now (laughs) okay okay I don't know. That's it. I just wanted to okay. mention it because I have fond memories of eating it after I had Emmett. Because is my it delicious? Diana brought yes. Okay. And what do you eat it with? Like rice or noodles? Egg noodles? I think egg noodles is what I was serving it over. Okay. Yeah. I'm fascinated. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You, and that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of one hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm, be gone. 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures, or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for dinner and I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Gwenna Lathlin, but you probably know me as Mama Cusses on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm Tori Phantom, also known as Tori Phantom on TikTok and Instagram. And we want to tell you about our brand new podcast, Childproof, from Betches Media. Parenting is hard, but it's even harder when you feel alone. That's why we created Childproof, a parenting chat show for when you're craving adult conversation and are surrounded by tiny humans. And on Childproof, we'll try to figure out the do's, don'ts, and what ifs of modern parenthood. We have been friends for years, so we want to use this show as an opportunity to compare notes, share stories, and grow as parents at the same time. So tune in every Wednesday as we share our experiences through a mix of one-on-one conversations, guest appearances, and input from you, our listeners. That's right. You, you personally, where you are right now, you can be a listener. Subscribe right now wherever you're listening. That's Childproof from Betches Media. You're talking about chicken. You can cook your chicken, guys. That's like, you know, when you go to Trader Joe's and there's like so like all manner of cooked chicken in the freezer section, you can do the same thing. So you can grill a bunch of chicken breasts. I don't know. That doesn't like qualify as a whole meal to me. But if you have something like that ready, uh, you can put it on a bagged salad. You know, I love a crispy chicken cutlet. And we have talked before about how you can bread the cutlets, freeze them in a single layer, and then pull them out and cook them. You can also just bread them, cook them, let them cool, and then freeze them. And that's really nice to have on hand too. Again, 
it's more of an ingredient than a fully cooked meal. But when you have a fully cooked chicken cutlet that you can just throw in the air fryer or the oven and then like toss in arugula salad and some bread, that to me is, it feels like a make-ahead dinner. I don't know that it will to everyone. So I'll put that little caveat. Another cook-ahead thing from Winter Winter Chicken Dinner, everybody seems to really love the shawarma chicken thighs, sheet pan shawarma. And you can do that and just like make the whole thing and then freeze it and then thaw it out and serve it with some pita bread and like store-bought tzatziki or something like that. Can we take a step back and talk about like sheet pan meals and how you can actually prep them ahead? You could like dry brine your chicken or season your chicken put that even like you don't have to cook it on this day like do all the spicing and seasoning part chop up your veggies put those in two separate containers and then you're still hitting on the thing that you said about like Mm -hmm. i only have to heat it once which is on the day of all you have to do is heat your sheet pans and throw your veg and your chicken on there and for that for like even more inspiration on that i would go back and listen to some of our like five ingredient dinner ideas because a lot of those things that are just a few ingredients you could do the seasoning on sunday do the chopping and then during the week just throw those things in the oven totally Along those lines, you could do like stir fry kits where you're not doing the cooking. You're just prepping the sauce, cutting the vegetables, cutting the chicken, and then you throw everything into your wok or your pan. The thing I have about that is I love what you're saying about sheet pan meals because throwing everything onto a sheet pan and popping it in the oven feels like I've made it ahead. It like feels it's like reheating its hands yep. off, mm. right? There's something about like cooking something in a wok, even though it's going to cook lightning fast, that feels a little bit more intensive to me for some reason and feels like meal prep rather than a mate and a make ahead dinner in some weird way but technically it fits what we said like you're just heating it once you're taking everything from the freezer dumping in the wok boom you know a few minutes later dinner yeah but i but i agree like you know but i just wanted to throw it out there for people there was a time on the internet where the like make make freezer meals Like, I feel like it took over Pinterest where everyone had those, like, what are they called? It's like a freezer bag stand and they're putting like their can of salsa and the chicken in there. But that's what that makes me think of. Like, you could do that with stir fry. You can do it with tacos. People freeze like even the cheese for and tortillas for a taco night, like make those all ahead. Um, I think the thing to like make ahead freezer meals is sort of like the thing you want to search if you want that very intentional, like it is a meal that's going to go in the slow cooker or the instant pot or just go in to a pan when you're ready to cook it. Yeah. I feel like I don't cook that when you were asking the question of like how often you make ahead. I don't cook like that very often. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can we move to eggs? Can we move to eggs? Yeah. Say everything about that. Well, I'm thinking about quiches. Yeah. And stra- like stratas. Stratas. And breakfast casseroles. Even frittatas. A Spanish tortilla. There are a lot of things that you can do with eggs. It's definitely getting into a lot of it is overlaps with casseroles. But like, don't be afraid to cook your eggs and freeze it. I mean, I think a lot of people know that already because there's so many like make ahead breakfast burritos and that kind of and make ahead like egg bites. But utilize that for dinner as well. I love that. Would you if you were going to do quiche for dinner, would you then have to do like a salad 
or green beans or something on the side to satisfy your family? I would mostly for heft, but like, you know, I would probably pack the quiche full of meat and veg because that's something they like want to see. You know, Mike is super into making sure he has a ton of vegetables on his plate and the boys always want meat. And like, it could be a bag salad or literally arugula with olive oil and lemon juice. And they'd be happy just to like round it out and make it feel like it's, you know, if you just put one thing on their plates, they're like, where's dinner? (laughs) I'm like, there's a, there's like half a quiche on your plate. (laughs) But you know, you wouldn't have to. And especially with little kids, I think like a slice of quiche would be great for me. Like, I don't really need anything more if it has some ham in it and has cheese and it's eggy and veggies and certainly like younger kids like it. I don't know. How about you? Well, it makes me want to do like a tiny lightning round at the end of like quick things, like just reminders, like, oh, yeah, arugula and dressing or like microwave oh, green nice. beans oh, yeah. like to finish some things out. So let's do that. But before we do, I you mentioned meatballs when we were talking about things that are better in advance. But like I love to make a big batch of meatballs and then freeze some of them. Yes. So like totally. I might cook some that night to have, but then future me has meatballs to like cook off or throw in a soup or whatever when we're ready. Brian loves meatloaf. And I'm always, every time oh, he asks such a for good it, one. I'm like, oh, meatloaf. Like, I don't know why. I think because it takes a long time in the oven, but it would be a really great one to make ahead and either like freeze or just make it on a Sunday and then we can eat it later in the week. I don't know. If you have other categories, I think we should go over it. I might be a little bit annoying. I kind of want to go back to the idea of casseroles because we mentioned a few. They're kind of ones that people might have forgotten about but are familiar with. And it's such a huge category. I thought it was really helpful to hear about like the poppy seed chicken, for example, because that's something I've never heard of. I think people know that casseroles are easy to make ahead, but they're like, yeah, but like I don't want the same four casseroles all the time. Like, what are some other creative, interesting casserole ideas? Well, you mentioned eggs. I think we think of eggs as a totally separate thing, but technically it's still a casserole. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to think of like vegetarian. Like, is oh, spinach I have pie? A really good veg- yes. So I was going to go into my Greek vibe, but I did come across something recently that I was intrigued by, which was a recipe for a Cajun shrimp casserole. Oh. And I got to say, I was like, ooh, because I love a creamy Cajun shrimp pasta. And so do my kids because Oliver will eat the like bell peppers and onions and like fettuccine and the creamy spicy sauce. And the rest of us will eat all of that plus the shrimp. And the idea of putting that into a casserole sounded really good to me. Yeah. That reminds me that I just saw on Instagram a creator that I love to follow. I think her name is Rosalind Daniels. Oh, yeah. Rosalind. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She just made like a grits and collard green casserole that looked so good. Yes. That's it. I love that. Okay. And then that, for some reason, led me to thinking about grits casserole in general is like a very Southern thing. Squash casserole is another Southern dish, but that's more like a side dish. But that's like Ritz topping adjacent. That unlocked a whole thing for me. And it led me to be like, oh, MG, I can't believe we didn't talk about like Midwestern hot dish when we were talking yes, about. That was on my list, too. OK, totally. good. Yeah. Just like any of these fillings, and like you can riff on it, I actually don't know all that much about 
a hot dish, but like I know that it's tater tots on top, and I feel like you can go. That's and... pretty much everything. You okay. Need to know. <laughs> yeah, because because I didn't know if there was like traditionally a certain kind no. of filling underneath, but just like really anything, you can go in so many different directions, and I feel like covering a yummy filling, whether it's like Mexican flavored or I don't know, like Italian with crispy tots is just so delightful for kids yes but then then it also there's a thing of like okay if crispy tots are so delicious what about like making the taco casserole that we mentioned and doing like tortilla chips on top that they're kind of like some are gonna get kind of like saucy and some of them are gonna get crispy in the oven and it's just gonna be so freaking good yeah and like thinking about a lot of the like stews that you can make ahead that you can also repurpose as a casserole like chili as an example you can make ahead your chili and just serve it with fixings you can also make it ahead pour it into a dish cover it with tots freeze it and then bake it into a casserole or do the tortilla chips like you were just saying or even cover it with mashed potatoes and do a riff on shepherd's pie are there any other casseroles but like turkey tetrazzini, is that a lot like poppy? Yeah, I think it is. I also am thinking of like eggplant parmesan as a casserole. Yeah, Does that so count? I don't know if it counts as a casserole, but I think it we're in the right vicinity. And something that I've been making a lot since I did my cooking class in Greece is I forgot that Greeks do this briam is what it's called. And it's basically just like a bunch of baked vegetables. And we would, in our cooking class, my grandmother would do it a little bit more freeform. But when I went to Icaria with my mom and did this cooking class with Diane Kokilis, we did a like pressed version. It was a little bit neater. And you basically make the tomato sauce by just grating tomatoes. Greeks do this a lot. They just take a tomato and grate it and you get the pulp. And then you cook it down a little bit, onion and garlic, and like that's it, and a bunch of olive oil. And then you cook all of the vegetables. It can be a tiny bit time intensive because you're going to cook all the vegetables a little bit, but you layer basically potatoes, eggplant, zucchini, and this tomato pulp, and you just keep layering and layering and you press down between each layer and then bake it up. And it's really not unlike eggplant parmesan, except you're not breading it and there's no cheese. So it's a really great vegan option. And I don't know, I mean, maybe because it's food I grew up with, oftentimes accidentally vegan food doesn't quite satisfy me. But this, there's something about the potatoes and the zucchini. It has heft. It totally satisfies me. Isaac's a little whiner about the vegetables, but the rest of us (laughs) will eat it all. And it's just a really great thing to have on hand. And like, again, the tomato-based stuff, it tastes better over time. So like, I won't freeze mine, although you can. I'll make it at the beginning of the week and then incorporate it into like two or three meals over the course of a week. I think that's what I was thinking of when I was like, is it eggplant parmesan? Like eggplant parmesan is not something I make for my family very frequently, but there's something like a layered veggie dish, like a ratatouille almost that I keep thinking of as being like a casserole that's going to feel super fresh and be like packed with veggies and not necessarily be like pasta or meat. Totally. It's just like 
ratatouille, but it, it's more composed because yes. you're doing slices instead of dicing it and it has a little less liquid. So it's less of a stew. It's more of a casserole, but it has the same basic flavor and vibes. Lots of herbs, really good. You can kind of riff on it. And I think the addition of potato really makes it nice and hefty. It yeah. makes it like more of a make-ahead dinner. I, I love it. I, I'm a slut for potatoes. What can yes. I say? I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anything else? Oh, we should talk about some things that are like not casseroles, but like still make-ahead, like green and pasta salads. Yeah. Let's. Because I think this is interesting. I think that... What's our episode about side dishes? Don't we have a make ahead sides? We really did literally really make ahead everything. We did everything else <laughs> but make ahead dinners. I think so, yes. Okay. Or like how to use up bulk grains. Yeah, those are great episodes. I will say that often the way that we talk about dinner, which I think is a little bit uh, North America centric, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about these things more like they're sides or incidentals, but like, I'm just going to plug things like lentil salad, barley salad, and Israeli couscous salad as a main. You can make it ahead. It sits in your fridge. If you want to like pull one of those like chicken cutlets out, you know, now you're making it a side again. But like you can do that, like a chicken cutlet and then a pre-made salad. But like a big bowl of lentil salad with some crumbled feta on top and some bread really does satisfy. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but I I think give it a shot. That for some reason made me think of our friend Lou, who is at Eat at Dad's. He's been a, a What We're Cooking and Eating Now guest before. He makes like veggie burgers or like veggie and rice burger patty croquetta style things ahead often as either part of meal prep or like stocking his freezer and that's the kind of thing that's like sort of what you're saying about the salads like we can minimize it as like being a great tool for vegetables and heft and just variety but is really really great for making ahead Yeah, it was just really interesting to me to be back in Greece eating the way Greeks do. Greece is one of the historically, and still today, one of the poor countries in the Mediterranean basin. And I often forget that we traditionally eat a lot of vegetarian and accidentally vegan food and that the table can just have something like a lentil salad or fritters. Fritters are really big in Greece too. We made some like tomato fritters, zucchini fritters, and then you would just have like a couple slices of feta, some bread, maybe a dip, you know, like a little accoutrement that don't take a lot, especially here in the States where you can buy like the pre-made hummus or tzatziki from the supermarket. And it really does satisfy as a meal. Like I I forget, I get out of that mode of thinking and I think like, oh, it has to be like me and two or something like that. Well, the boys, the dudes in your house, their expectations weigh heavily on you. They do. But we also had like I have set I've helped set those expectations. You know what I mean? Because that's just the way that my cooking has evolved. And I think, you know, there are kids all over other countries that are eating like little bits and pieces like this and eating a lot of vegetarian food where the vegetables taste good. One of the things that I learned, which is really great for thinking about make-ahead meals and vegetables, if you have family members that are vegetable averse, is that when you long cook vegetables, like we were talking about the um, briam, 
you're really eking out the sugars and you're adding a lot of olive oil when you're cooking at least Mediterranean style. So you're hitting that sugar and that fat and then you can add the salt. You're really making vegetables like you're pulling them into that fat, salt, acid, heat realm where like that's what makes food craveable, whether it's meat, whether it's vegetables, whether it's grain, no matter what it is, like those are the elements. So for a lot of this cook ahead stuff, like even the eggplant Parmesan, you're getting this long cooked eggplant that almost becomes sweet combined with the tangy tomato sauce and the creamy cheese. Like that's why eggplant Parmesan is so delicious, even to a lot of people who might be like, mm, I don't normally like eggplant, you know? So I think with these make-ahead meals, you really have an opportunity to explore a lot of like vegetarian casseroles that maybe, just maybe, will satisfy more than you might think or satisfy in a way that vegetables don't usually with your family. Here, here. Let's jump from talking about vegetables to just quick like three to five each, easy to pull together, like veggie side, in case you made like a big Z mm, mm-hmm. and you're pulling it from the freezer and you just want to add something fresh without doing a ton of cooking. I'm going to shout out fruit. Like it's cool to serve sliced apples alongside that to feel like you're hitting the fruit and veggie thing, but also doing like a crudite platter of just whatever raw veggies and a little bit of dip versus making a salad. Like, while the casserole is in the oven, chop up some cucumbers, some baby carrots, put a little ranch on it, and the side is done. Love it. I am thinking about smashed cucumber salad has become mm. like a big thing in my house, but there's like all manner of cucumber salad. But that can be really easy to pull together. Yes. Uh, you mentioned the arugula salad, so I'm going to say it again. Oh, like, that, arugula. Was that was my next one. <laughs> arugula salad, yeah. But honestly... So we have a whole salad episode and we talk about this a little bit. Like, it doesn't have to be arugula. Does your family love butter lettuce? And like, do you have a quick little vinaigrette you can put on it? Like, that's a salad and that counts towards your greens. Totally. Shaved fennel. Mm. Huge in my house. It can literally just be shaved fennel. It can be shaved fennel with a little shaved red onion with some orange segments, which are really beautiful as we're going into wintertime. Um, even just with like dates, chopped dates and onions and fennel, something I've been doing recently. So lots of ways that you can do it. The thing that makes it really easy and actually really delicious because the thinner the slice, the better, is having a mandolin. In our Amazon storefront, Megan, do we have a mandolin? We sure do. Yeah, because they're inexpensive on Amazon. And it really makes shaved vegetable salads, which are really great in the wintertime because you can do uh, celery root. You can do all kinds of radishes. You can do fennel. You can do uh, turnips are just really nice. Oh, asparagus too. Shaved asparagus is really nice to do. That gets me thinking about slaw, like Mm, any variety. You can do like carrot and apple slaw. You could buy a bag slaw and dress it however will complement your dinner. If you're doing like a taco casserole, do a little sour cream and lime, maybe some cilantro. And that would be so good on top of some of these creamy casseroles that we've talked about too. Microwave steamed veggies. I was going to say freezer veggies, like frozen broccoli and you throw it on a sheet pan while your casserole is cooking. Check check you're done and done totally or i microwave steam string beans and broccoli all the time all the time at least once a week with yeah, green beans 100 
we do frozen corn a lot. And sometimes I'll just make a quick little salad of that and like some chopped peppers. And then we can't leave without talking about bag salad. We just bag salad. <laughs> we love it. There's no so shame much. in our bag salad game ever. Ah, uh, Catherine, thank you for catching Pushing our <laughs> for catching our oversight. Yeah, for real. Um, thank you for inspiring some of our own make ahead cooking as we get into a super busy season. Um, Catherine reached out to us on Instagram, but you can always join us in our listeners community and tell us what you want to hear from us. If you haven't signed up already, our free community is really the best place on the internet. It's full of smart shopping lists, meal plans, ideas, and thousands of other home cooks just like you. Visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to join. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram where we're at didn'tijustfeedyou. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.